Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Today is Friday, so that means it is foot. Football Friday. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Jonah Malkin. Thank you so much for joining me every single Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. Please help spread the word as you can catch on the Chris Landry Twitch channel at www dot twitch dot tv slash chris landry football and you can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for landry football's conference call wherever you get your podcast and you can also catch this show on www.landryfootball.com where all this information is there for you so I'm so excited for this show today. We got a jam-packed show coming around the corner in about 15 minutes. I've got the four-time national champion head coach of high school football, the head coach of modern day, Bruce Rollinson, who's joining the show really shortly. Can't wait for that. So first things first today. The first segment is always Football Friday's First Thoughts. This is a really interesting one today. And one that I think is really prevalent right now. And that is the kind of impact that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, their decision to postpone college uh, football this season, at least till the spring, what kind of impact is that going to have on high school athletes and high school players? So there are a lot of different ways to break this down and dissect this. And for me, I think that it's such an interesting topic because this is clearly going to impact not only college players, but also high school players as well. The first thing that we know is that this is clearly going to impact players' decisions and where these recruits are going to play. And I think the big thing is what conference are these high school players going to play at? What school are they committed to? 
because I guarantee you there are a lot of high school players that are committed to a school in the Pac-12, committed to a school in the Big Ten, that they're going to decommit. They are going to flip. I can guarantee you that. And it makes sense why. A lot of these players, it's as simple as they want to play. We want to play. The, the, the consistent sentiment shared between players and coaches today is that they want to play. Every high school football player and coach that I've spoken to wants to play this high school football season. They feel like enough safety measures are either in place or will be in place to make this work. And the truth of the matter is I don't think that they're right. I don't agree, but it doesn't really matter what I think because it's their life and it's it's their football career and it's the sport that they love. It's the sport that they're most passionate about. And these players are seeking immediate eligibility. And obviously at the college level, we're seeing how some players, I wouldn't be surprised, they're going to decommit most likely from a school in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten and transfer to a school in the SEC or the Big 12, or the ACC. And whether or not they're playing on the team right now, or they're an incoming freshman, or they're a senior in high school that is looking forward to playing for the Pac-12 or the Big 10 next year, the truth of the matter is I guarantee you that if their school, like a UCLA, like a USC, Arizona, Stanford, I don't have to list every Pac-12 school in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio State, etc. Yada, yada, yada. The reality is if they want to play, they're going to really just leave. And they're not really going to care about the loyalty for their Pac-12 or Big Ten school. They're going to leave that program. They're going to decommit. And they're going to go play in the SEC the Big 12, the ACC. But here's where this will also impact high school recruits. It's not just elite high school players that are an incoming freshman. This can be seniors, incoming seniors, and maybe even incoming juniors. Example, right here in Southern California is a guy like Jake Garcia. He was a he is an immensely talented pro-style quarterback, big body, six, two and a half, 195, major arm. He used to play at Narbonne High School, but then because of ineligibility violations, their school would have been banned from the postseason this upcoming winter, or I guess spring, now that Southern California has delayed the start till at least the spring. And he thought he could circumvent that by joining La Habra. Problem is, Southern California has delayed the sports till the spring. So now he's looking at himself saying, okay, La Habra, I'm not going to get many reps. So he's deciding to transfer and move to Georgia. He is picking up his clothes, he's picking up his stuff, and he's traveling cross-country to Georgia because he wants those reps, because he wants to play. That is dedication right there. And he's committed to USC, and he's not going to start over Keaton Slovis, but he's got competition. Miller Moss. Right down the street at Modern Day is also committed to USC. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to decommit from USC. That's not what I'm saying. But 
Could this be an indication that he's wavering, that he's vacillating? I wouldn't be surprised if he just decided to pack up shop and play for a school in the SEC, play for a school in the ACC, play for a school in the Big 12. And I guarantee you there are going to be a, a numerous number of players similar to Jake Garcia that are going to follow suit that want to play right now. And if you want to play right now and you're living in a state where your college, your, your high school football season won't start till the spring, then you're probably going to pack up shop. Jake Garcia did it. And here's the other thing that's super interesting that most people wouldn't know about. And something that quite frankly, I just learned earlier this week if your conference now granted this applies to the college football level but i guarantee you that there are some similarities at the high school level but if you're part of a conference that has canceled your sport or delayed your sport so we're talking about football so let's stick with football you're a school like maybe a private school like Stanford, let's say hypothetically you cancel football and you're a player on that Stanford Cardinal team. You are allowed to transfer to another school and be granted immediate eligibility. That is huge. The amount of mobility that players have today is unlike anything we've ever experienced, unlike anything that we've ever seen. And this allows these players to circumvent the issue. There is a stipulation in the NCAA rules that allows these players to transfer. Now, granted, do I expect to see a lot of players do this? No, of course not. This is going to be a select few, probably the elite players or simply players that are looking for more reps. They need to showcase a little bit more. They're trying to buffer their standing, whether it's trying to receive more scholarships, increase their status, perhaps attract an agent. They're going to want to leave. Now, if you're a guy, again, like J.J. McCarthy at the high school level for IMG Academy, you don't need to be worried about anything. You're going to go to Michigan. You're going to be fine. You're probably going to start next year. And on the most obvious level, at the college level, I, I tweeted this out, actually, earlier this week. When the Big Ten canceled the season, or at least delayed it till the spring, I tweeted, thank you, Justin Fields, for all that you did. Best of luck in the NFL. He's not playing in the spring. You think Justin Fields, who at the worst is a top five pick, is going to risk at least 20 to $30 million fully guaranteed to prove what? And it's not just him. And it's not just college players. I think that we as a society, and we're starting to catch up on this, we undervalue and underappreciate the intelligence of high school, college athletes. These are bright kids. These are early adopters. These are trendsetters. These are people that follow what's going on and recognize that they have power. And they understand social situations. They understand trends. 
You think that these kids don't know what's going on? Of course they do. They understand what's at stake. They're high school kids. There's the reason why so many high school kids want to play quarterback. Because if you play quarterback at the high school level and you're successful, you go on to college, you're guaranteed millions of dollars in the NFL. And you can play it out. They understand where this business is heading, where football's heading, what positions lend itself the most money. These kids are bright kids. So don't think that they're going to all of a sudden say, you know what, my love for the game outweighs the potential risk of injury because they're not. They're absolutely not. And I guarantee you the same thing is going to happen for a lot of elite players in Southern California, in other states like Michigan, like New York, like Washington, D.C., that quite frankly, these kids are going to say, you know what, as much as I love the game of football and as much as I want to play this upcoming season, I'm not going to play. Caleb Williams, the number one quarterback in the nation. Dual quarterback committed to Oklahoma, plays in Washington, D.C. for Gonzaga. What else does he need to do? He's about to probably start next year, although Oklahoma always has a number of talented quarterbacks, and they've got another in Spencer Ratcliffe who probably will start. But the bottom line is he understands there's nothing else for me to prove. And here's the other thing. And this is really important. I think that the same states that fall under the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, those same states, the schools, the high schools in those states will follow suit, just like their conferences. That's what I'm positing. And I truly believe that. Because what kind of contradictory message would that send if you have UCLA, USC not playing, but you've got high school teams in California playing? What kind of statement does that say? If you are in Ohio State and the NCAA says, okay, Ohio State can't play, but then the Ohio State High School Advisory Committee says, yeah, but you know what? These schools in Columbus, sure, go ahead, play. Really? I don't see that happening. I really don't. And, and again, as much as these players want to play and their love of the game often surpasses that, that, that uh, not only, not only does, it, does it surpass their view on the potential risk, but I think at this point, a line has to be drawn in the sand. And I don't see right now you, you having a lot of outlaws, you having a lot of rebels and these players saying, you know what? Eh, let's play. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? No, they're going to say, thank you for your time. I appreciate all that you did for me. Deuces. I'm out. That's it. We're done. So, We'll see what happens. Again, I've always been on the spectrum of not playing a season. Personally, I don't, especially at the high school level, I don't think enough protocols have been set. But what's going to be interesting is if 
schools in the ACC at the college level and in the Big 12 and in the SEC, if they are forced to cancel their season, now things get really interesting. Because here's the other thing that I didn't mention earlier. Technically, agents, you're not supposed to sign college athletes. We know that because the NCAA, they have very stringent rules when it comes to protecting their, their entity and not allowing players to profit off their name, image, and likeness. We all know that. We all recognize that. But here's the caveat. Here's the little loophole. If you're an agent and you've got a prospective client that wants to transfer. So let's say, for example, JT Daniels at USC transfers to Georgia. Let's say he's got an agent that says, hey, you know, JT, I'm going to cover the cost of your tuition at Georgia this next year. And we'll kind of do a little quid pro quo. I'll cover the cost of your tuition. I'll sign you as an agent when you make it to the NFL. And that's basically serves as the collateral that compensates for that initial fund up front. And while it's certainly unethical, I guarantee you some of these high school players are being approached. You've got tremendously talented, tremendously gifted, innocent, young athletes who don't know any better. And so this, this, delay of the season for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, the ramifications extend far beyond just those two conferences and far beyond college football. It extends quite directly to high school athletes as well. So that's Football Friday's first thoughts, episode two. Again, make sure that you're getting this podcast to your mobile device and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe by signing up for Landry Football's conference call on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. You can also watch this podcast each Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Chris Landry Twitch channel by clicking on www.twitch.tv slash Football. And now... I am so excited to bring on the four-time national high school football champion, the head coach of the illustrious modern-day Monarchs, Coach Bruce Rollison. Coach, welcome to the show. All right. Well, now it is my pleasure to welcome onto the show the four-time national champion and head coach of perhaps the most recognizable high school football program in the nation, head coach Bruce Rollinson of Modern Day. Coach, thank you so much for joining me. No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little football and talk about this great high school. Now, what's really cool for me, this is really special for me because I've grown up in Los Angeles and Southern California my entire life. I've known about the Modern Day brand since I came out of the womb, practically. There you go. The first two words that I think of when I think of modern day are elite and excellence. And your program is universally recognized as the gold standard when it comes to high school football. And that's uh, entirely a testament to the culture that you've been able to build and cultivate as your, during your head coaching time at modern day. 
And what I want to know from you is what makes your program and your coaching style so consistently attractive to players and allows them to flourish and maximize their talents? Well, after that introduction, we ought to wrap this interview up. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good about myself. (laughs) No, I'll tell you what, you know, when you, when you look at the entire package, there, there's a lot of things that have to line up and, and, you know, I, I, I go first and, and foremost, as I always do to my coaching staff. Um, I have an experienced group of men. A lot of them, believe it or not, have been with me for all 32 years. Uh, Dave Money, my offensive coordinator, uh, you know, I, I got the job in 1989 as the head coach and That was my only request. I didn't want to run the offense. I wanted to bring an offensive coordinator in. And Davey had played for me when I was coaching community college uh, football and and still teaching here at Modern Day. And, you know, he's been with me. Uh, John Hopkins has been with me all 32 years. I, I call him a special consultant. He helps on the defensive side of the ball. My defensive coordinator, um, who's outstanding, Eric Johnson. Uh, Eric's probably been with me 25 of the 32 years. And I could go on and on. You know, I'm fortunate. You know, these are good men. They're really good football minds. And 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 they're they're all dads, they're all fathers, and, and they get it. And and that makes life a lot easier when you can plug in and go. Um, I got great administrative support. Secondly, uh, you know, you, you have to have that. Our principal Francis Claire and I have been doing this all 32 years and, and, and she's an advocate of football and she's a Bruce Rawlinson advocate and, and former president Patrick Murphy, uh, tremendous support and then now, presently, uh, another good friend of mine, Father Steve Salat. Uh, you know, they're, they're the movers and shakers. Uh, I, I mentioned our vice principal, Jerry Campo, uh, who's in charge of athletics. They get it. They, they know what it takes. They're committed to being a national power. They're committed to the brand. And again, they're committed to me. And then, and then lastly, you know, uh, you, you, you got to have good players. Uh, you know, I, you know, you can hire Vince Lombardi, but if you don't have the dudes, um, you know, you're, you're going to be banging your head against the wall, uh, you know, and, and, and we've, we've had for, you know, over the years uh, since I took over outstanding players on both sides of the ball and, I don't want to leave my kickers and my snappers out of it. Uh, you know, and, and you know the legacy of the program, the, the, the big names. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to coach, you know, the Barclays, the Liners, the McNairs, uh, Grudy Goods. You know, it goes on and on and on. But, you know, again, uh, it, 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 I know I'm being lengthy with my answer, but it's what it's what it's all about. It, it, it's modern day football. It's the brand. It's my job each year 
to remotivate everybody. And, and, you know, I'm a grinder, I'm a seven day a week guy. And, and I demand a lot out of people. I, I push people because I think that's what we're supposed to do. And, and, you know, but I only want people around me that care about the kids and care about the program. So, you know, you can cut back in now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I love that answer. And again, I think it's incredible how much credit you give to all of your assistants and coordinators that have been with you for this ride and this journey for so long. As you, as you said, you've been the head coach for, for 32 years. You took over in 1989, which is incredible. And what's even more incredible to me is I feel like there would be a lot of coaches that if they were in your position and had achieved the kind of success that you have achieved throughout your illustrious career, that they might want to take that jump to the college level. And I'm sure many have, and I'm sure that you've been approached numerous times about opportunities to coach at the college level, but you've decided to pass up on that. And what is it about modern day and coaching at the high school level that that has kept you at modern day for so long? You know, I would tell you in the 90s when we we started to roll, um, I was approached and, and, you know, I, I, I almost took a couple of bites, um, you know, the lure of a hundred thousand people and, 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 you know, the next level of athletes, uh, you know, it was attracting, I can't lie to you. Now I'm too damn old and, you know, nobody wants a 71 year old guy hobbling around their practice field. But, you know, what I realized is, I think, you know, I, I, I got a pretty strong faith and I, I realized that I think the Lord just said, this is where I want you. And, and, and that's where I'm at now. It's, you know, sure. You know, winning national titles, it's awesome. Winning section titles is awesome. But my rewards now are, are more, what do the kids say to me 10 years after they left the program? a kid call you and say, coach, I got a job promotion today. I beat out three other candidates and it's because of what you taught me. Now I'm saying, yes, you know, he drank the Kool-Aid, it works. And, and, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, I, I still hate losing and I love winning, but, you know, I saw a bigger picture, the impact that we have as high school coaches and, and how we can mold the character and, and the development of our future leaders. And I got pretty comfortable with it. And, and I think, like I said, this, this is where I was intended to be. And, and fortunately with good health and, and, you know, I know the retirement question is going to come up here pretty quick, but you know, if I'm healthy, what a great job I have. I mean, I don't drive down the boulevard, saying, oh, God, I don't want to go to work today. I mean, I'm pretty much fired up every day I come in. <laughs> I, absolutely. And I think that that's the, that's the perfect attitude. That's the perfect mindset to have. And there's no question that you can leave an indelible mark on a lot of these kids. And I want to focus on some of those accolades that you were highlighting. Two years ago, you eclipsed 300 wins as a head yeah. coach. You're, you're 312, 87, and 2 as a head coach, which is remarkable. 13 trips to the CIF finals, 
seven CIF championships, three state titles, four national championships in 1994, 1996, and then most recently in 2017 and 2018. You kind of touched upon it. What else is on the bucket list for Coach Bruce Rollinson? What, what else are you wanting to accomplish as a head coach? Uh, right now, I want to get my football team back and, and get everybody to wear masks and socially separate and, and you know, let's beat this pandemic. But, um, you know, again, it, 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 I've had fun. And, and as long as you're having fun, why not keep doing it? Um, you know, and again, my success is determined by players understanding the concepts, staying on the cutting edge on both sides of the ball, having, again, surrounding myself with great coaches. And it's, and it's a full program brainwash that I present. You know, I spend a lot of time with my young players, uh, my freshman team. You know, I want to teach them the culture of what we believe in, the traditions of pride, poise, and courage. I mean, what's next is, is it's simple. You know, we ended the season with a bad taste in our mouth and we've got to redeem ourselves. You know, that motivates me every morning. You know, it, it, we didn't play well and I, I make no excuses. St. John Bosco got us in the finals and it was a great group of young men last year. And, and, but it didn't go our way. But, you know, when I start to feel sorry for myself, you know, I know that there's another goal out there to achieve. I've got to exact my revenge. I've got to motivate the players to feel like I do because, let's face it, they're not going away. We get them in the league and, and hopefully we get them at the end of December or in this case, April. Does that sound crazy? <laughs> The CIF championship in April. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, we can stick on that on that topic as well. Last season, you go 12 and one, finish number two in the nation. As you talked about, the only yeah. loss was to your arch rival, St. John Bosco. Now, and you lost them in the CIF Southern Section Open Division Championship game. Right. Me personally, I would have loved to have seen a trilogy. I would have loved to have seen a third matchup. I don't want to take away any credit from St. John Bosco and the Braves because they deserve to win that game and they advance. But at the same time, you guys did beat them earlier in the year, and I just felt like it's only fair that you guys would have gone another crack at them to, to advance. So, so let me ask you, first of all, would you have liked to have played against them a third time to try to avenge that loss? And then second – What's something kind of special about that team last year that goes unnoticed and that people that aren't a part of the program wouldn't know about that team? Well, I mean, as far as the, uh, you know, the, I mean, I'll play them in a parking lot, you know, in, in January if I could, have, <laughs> but, but it doesn't work that way. And, and, and they did a tremendous job that night and, 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 you know, by, by rights, you know, we, we had them down, but we didn't knock them out. And that's not typical of my program. And, and, and again, all the credit goes to Jason and, and, and the Braves. I mean, they, they found a way to get back in it. They believed and, and it, it's, a, it's a bitter memory. Um, 
a better subject, like you say, is let's talk about that 19 team. What was the magic? The quarterback, Bryce Young, guaranteed. Uh, the kid brought not just his athletic ability, but he brought a character, uh, a relaxed uh, approach. I learned a lot from Bryce because he was cool, calm, and collected at all times. And, and, and there were other many other great players, but what Bryce's leadership and his approach to the game was what really unified us. Now, we had an excellent defense, and he doesn't play defense, but they kind of, you know, you have a guy like that, and everybody sort of wants to emulate, wants to, uh, you know, say, okay, this is a different way of doing it. Because I can tell you, Bryce was never down, and he never got too crazy and emotionally up. He just went out and took care of business, and and he was creative, and 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 you know Bryce will be the first one to tell you we had a great core of wide receivers, you know Cody now up at BYU, and last report I got um, is is he's knocking the lights out of it up there, and and the offensive line was powerful, and we were we were we were our typical defensive uh juggernaut i mean we we would get after you and and they they brought an attitude that i love you know it was just pin your ears back run and hit and and that's what that's what we do um but there was a chemistry and and i feel the same way about this 20 club um which i guess they're the 2021 club but but you know, there's a lot to be said about your senior leadership and, and then the young talent taking the lead from those older players, the experienced players. And I've got a lot of experience coming back. Yeah, we've got some holes to fill, but that's OK. You know, we got young talent ready and waiting. And you you mentioned Matt Leiner, Matt Barkley. You've had some tremendous quarterbacks and, and just yeah. overall players come through your program and not to mention JT Daniels and obviously most recently Bryce Young. Yeah. Now all of them had gone through the USC pipeline. Obviously JT just transferred yeah. to Georgia and Bryce Young was committed to USC, right. decommitted and now is going to play for coach Saban at Alabama. So I, I want to ask you, first of all, how much of a role did Tua play in altering Bryce's decision to go play for Alabama? And how often are you going to be nudging Coach Saban <laughs> to start him over Mac Jones this upcoming season? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's – I don't really believe that I, – I, I, I can't personally say how much Tua was involved. Um, you know, I'm a Trojan alumnus, and, and and I get accused all the time. Well, you know, you've got to try to get Rawlinson not to send him to USC. I would make one quick comment. I'm never going to tell a kid where to go to college because if he is unhappy, he is going to call me first. He's not going to call his mom and dad. He's going to call me. And I never want that call where he says, well, you told me to go here. Um, you know, with, with in Bryce's situation, uh, you know, it was a 
very, very difficult decision for him to jump away from SC and, and into the arms of Alabama. Uh, it was a well-thought-out decision. And again, you know, I'm a big Clay Helton fan. And Clay Helton, you know, was the ultimate professional. He, was, he, he, he assumed the role of the great Trojan head coaches. Yeah, was he disappointed? Sure he was, you know. And, and you know, but that's just the way it worked out. Uh, you know, and, and nobody is going to look back, including Bryce. You know, I, I've said this, and I mean no disrespect to to the quarterbacks that, that Coach Saban has in his stable, but you mark my words, Bryce Young will have an early, if not start, as a freshman at the University of Alabama. He's that good. He's that kind of a competitor. Uh, he, he prepares. He takes care of his body. He's nutritionally sound. He's spiritually sound. And, and I'm telling you, look out for him. He's going to come roaring in out of Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I guess you'll be texting him roll tide every, yeah. uh, every other week. <laughs> Actually, so I, can, I wish, I, I, you know, I think, you know, Alabama Georgia game would be good because I think, uh, my main man, JT's got a good shot at leading that club. So, uh, yes, you know. I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. And this is funny. I actually had Coach Negro on last week. <laughs> and I, I asked and I said this to him, and I truly believe this. To me, the Trinity League is currently the most competitive league in the entire nation. And you're in a unique position in that you. You, you've been a player in this league. You've obviously coached against this league. Yeah. I think it's fair to say you, you, you've been around the block a little bit when it comes <laughs> to the Trinity League. And you, you were part of that, uh, that Dick Curry era where yeah. you won uh, a CIF 4A championship in 1965. Yes, sir. You've been around the block, and obviously you took over as the head coach in 1989. You have such a broad perspective on this league. What did this league look like when you were a player? How did it evolve by the time you took over as the head coach in 1989? And in your eyes, is this the strongest the league has ever been? Well, I would tell you going all the way back to where, you know, we had our helmets in our back pockets. And when I played, um, you know, the, the Catholic schools were, as they are now, very attracting to good athletes. And it was a physical brand of football. There just wasn't that many Catholic schools. You know, Orange County, you only had Modern Day and Servite. And, and that rivalry is, is tradition rich and, and still exists today. And, and, you know, now when you fast forward, um, you know, I, I, I never say anything about the previous head coaches. Uh, there's nothing productive about that before I took over. Um, but, you know, it, there was a drought. Uh, you know, uh, they, they, the, the, the brand had dropped off is the best way I can put it. Uh, they still competed but they weren't dominating. And, and when we, when we took over, remember that early on 
there was that movement. We were playing in public school leagues after my second or third year. It's so far long ago, I don't remember. The old Angeles League for those first three years, I think it was, that was a bloodbath because Amat was a powerhouse and they still do well with, with Coach Haggerty. Loyola with Steve Grady was a powerhouse. And, you know, we were playing these schools in league games. And, and it was good for me as an early young head coach to, to have to compete at that level week in and week out. Um, then they came up with the plan of, of re-leaguing and we went public and it just wasn't the same. Uh, it was hard to convince the kids on a weekly basis to be razor sharp and, and mentally prepared and physically prepared because good players watch tape and they go, yeah, we got them. It's, it's done. And, and, you know, then we went back to, to play in the Catholic schools and, and, and now it, it, I'm telling you, it, it's exciting because your preparation as coaches what's in our control the game plans is you know well thought out because uh, they're 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 all good coaches in the league and and you know there's been a little bit of a turnover but it's like nobody misses a beat so that's that's why you do it though is for the weekly challenge what's tough about it is the physicality because it catches up to you and you better have depth because you're going in in week six and coming out week 10 and you, there's some new faces that you didn't think would play, but injury dictates that. So, but, but it, it is, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you let your guard down. Anybody in that league can beat anybody else. Uh, you know, St. John Bosco uh, struggled with Servite last year. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and obviously then there's Bosco modern day and, 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 you know, that's, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I want to shift gears a, a little bit. I know one of your more recent initiatives and, and programs that you're extremely proud of it. And actually it's, it's a program that I was really impressed to hear about is your Monarchs for Marines program that lends support to sailors, uh, Marines, and, and their families. And I, I'm sure that it's a huge honor to have that special patch on your uniform for, for those players. Tell me a little bit about the origins of, of the program's inception, how, how it kind like what, who prompted, who, who how, how this program came about and what kind of positive impact it's had on your players and your program. You know, I, I, I'll tell you an interesting story. We would have gone to our 14th uh, Monarchs for Marines Day down at Camp Pendleton. And, and when it all got shut down last March, you know, the, the kids, yeah, they asked me, well, do you think we'll have spring football? Do you know, do you think? But the second question out of their mouth was, is, are we going to go to Pendleton? Are we going to do the Monarchs for Marines? And that meant a lot to me that, that it's that important to the program and to the kids. Um, you know, the inception, uh, it's, it's, it's a story that, that I've told multiple times, but 
in 2007, uh, we had just finished Barkley's junior year, Matt Barkley, and and I I had uh, uh, grown close with his mom and dad, uh, Bev and Beverly and and Les, and they invited us out to dinner. Also, Matt's cousin, who was our star wide receiver, Robbie Boyer, his parents, Paula and Rob. And we went out to dinner and, and I just thought it was going to be a social, you know, catch up, you know, uh, right after the holidays. And, and I'll never forget, you know, Rob, uh, excuse me, uh, Les said, you know, we're so happy with, with, you know, our son and the program and, and all the values, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so I thought, okay, good. And, and then he said, there's one ingredient that's missing. And I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> I do everything. And they said, there's no service element. And I, I immediately said, well, they, they, they do their service hours through campus ministry and Helen Steves and our campus ministry director. And I mean, we have, you have to have 40 hours of direct service, 40 hours indirect service just to graduate. And they said, no, but there's nothing specific that the football program does and they said, we'd like to explain something that we'd like to investigate. And they explained that we would try to set up an opportunity to go to Camp Pendleton on a Saturday. Um, and now it's, it's traditionally the third week in, in June. And the first six years or four years or six years, I forget, we had a service element in the sense that we actually physically did work in the early morning, and then we would run a uh, youth camp in the afternoon. We, uh, you know, based on the input from the Marines after X number of years, we now what the way the way the uh, day is set up, and and by the way, our dance team. Um, who good friend of mine, Gail Milby, who's no longer, uh, she retired, but the girls would have 150 youth dancers in the gym on Pendleton. And we would hold a football camp after we had practiced with the Marines. And I know that sounds crazy, but depending on deployments at Pendleton, you would have anywhere from eight to 12 tackle football teams. So we'd run an on the field clinic, have lunch with them, which is crazy because I'm looking at my kids and these Marines are 18 and 19 years old and God bless them for the service. They bring this great country of ours, but then we'd hold anywhere from 400 to 600 kids. They had two huge fields and it was unbelievable. The culmination of the day, and I'll wrap it up, the culmination of the day is the presentation of the 1st Marine Division Guadalcanal patch, which we have been honored to wear this going into our 14th season. And I can tell you, there's not a week goes by that somebody from across the states will call and say, hey, how did you get that patch on your jersey? I'm a, I'm a first Marine division veteran. And so I'd explain it and then they'd go, all right, that's cool. You know, it, it, we limp out of there at about nine o'clock at night, but we feel so fulfilled, you know, to give back 
you know, it, I know you say, well, it's only a day. How can it be? But it's a day that the parents can drop their kids off and, and have some time and we'll feed them and run them till they sleep forever. And, and it's, it's just been a great experience. I, I love the story. And again, I, I love how much in detail you went into it because it's something that's so unique. A lot of other schools don't have that privilege. So I, I was super fascinated to hear about the story. And what's also interesting is I know that your motto is you create the effort, God creates the outcome. And I think that there's never been a truer and more relatable quote than right now, given this precarious situation and time that we're in. How have you been communicating with your players and what's been your message to them during this tumultuous time? Well, you know, it, 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 you know, you go to the saying, I, I didn't invent the saying, and I wish I could tell you where I found it uh, early. And I think it was even before I became a head coach, because in life, what do we have control of? We have control of our effort and our attitude. And, and that's being tested for everything it's worth. But when you step back away from it, you know, it's all we're all in the hands of, of the Lord. But, you know, when you when you when you go go back and, and take a look at, at, at the situation now, um, we're tested on a daily basis. And, and, and you know, you can get on the pity pot and, and you know, you know, woe is me, but it's not, it's not productive, okay? And, and I can't tell you I'm positive all the time because I don't function well in uncertainty. I'm a routine guy. And, and we're completely out of our routine. The playbook doesn't exist. We're making a playbook up on a daily basis. And I get through it and I encourage everybody, you know, say your prayers in the morning, say your prayers at night and, and, and just try to get through the next day. And, and it's bad out there. I mean, we have family suffering. Um, I, I, I look at my kids and, and, you know, I know I'm not sleeping great. And, 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 you know, and then I think about my athletes, I got kids that, that they've waited three years to, to be a starter at modern day and they're good. And, and they, they may get a college scholarship and that's in jeopardy right now. Um, the toll on their mental health, um, you know, is, is astronomical. And, and, you know, we, as leaders have to consider that we have to make them safe, of course, and we have to follow the guidelines, but also we have to listen to them and we have to be there for them because we have experience on our side and it's our responsibility to walk them through this. It's, it's, and it's, it's an awesome responsibility. And sticking on that topic, California has obviously been hit extremely hard by the pandemic, and there have been a high number of positive cases here, especially in Southern California. And they even delayed the season till the spring, till at yeah. least January. Uh, ho hopefully, a season does ultimately take place. But where do you fall on the play versus not play? argument and where do you think your, your players fall are your players wanting to play out this season or are some of them kind of uh on the fence about it 
I would tell you, you know, I, I want them safe, you know, and I, I, I really, I commend Rob Wygott and, and our CIF Southern section. I think they made the right decision. I think the data that was, you know, the statistics um, didn't lend itself for, for uh, uh, playing, it, especially, you know, we would be a week out from our first game if it was a normal season. I mean, I would be preparing to scrimmage somebody tomorrow night. Um, I thought there would be a possibility of a scaled down preseason league and maybe start in late September. But then, you know, obviously the the uh, present situation of January uh, got more, more and more publicity. Um, you know, and I, I think, again, we're going to have to continue to watch the data and and make the further decisions. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a football coach. I want to coach my kids. And, and, you know, but I think what happens is all of us, somewhere we realize this is serious, okay? And, and unfortunately, for a lot of people that, final slap upside your head was when somebody you knew hopefully not too close to you but it doesn't matter but somebody lost somebody and then you said whoa wait a minute now <laughs> you know and 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 i'm i'm careful i'm safe um but i want to be around them I, I you know i don't want to high five them i don't want to hug them although i just dying to do it um but i i want that's where our energy comes from as educators. That's where our energy comes from as coaches, being around our team. Um, I can get the chemistry back together. I can get them ready. You know, give me enough weeks and it doesn't have to be real long and I'll have them ready to go. For their mental health and their stability, we got to play football. If it doesn't work out, then as leaders, we've got to let them down and, and, and get them to understand, you know, that, that it's, there's nothing we can do. I hope I don't have to make that just, we had 10 practices in the summer and on the 10th practice, they came out, <clears throat> it was about five o'clock in the afternoon. They said, Bruce, we've been shut down. The devastation, the sadness that my players displayed that afternoon all the way driving home, I kept saying, oh, God, if I ever had to tell them they're not going to play. I mean, they were bummed. They were seriously bummed. And they're excited now. I've been texting with them and, and they're ready to get back after it. I mean, it's they don't care. Conditioning, skill development, you know, whatever. You know, there'll be a football on the field because most of them are wired that way. That's what they do. They play football. And final question before I let you go. What's been the most bizarre activity that you've participated in with your family during this quarantine? <laughs> the, the, I can tell you what I miss the most is going to restaurants, <laughs> man. <laughs> I miss eating out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 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 nothing comes to mind. I'm fortunate. I've got four grandchildren. I'm one a month away to to be number five. Uh, Catherine, who? Wow. Yeah, Catherine's. Congratulations. Uh, Catherine's due September 12th, and 
we've wow. we've we've grown together we're a tight-knit family and and you know watching the dynamic and 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 and, and watching the kids uh a lot of family time uh thank god i've got a wonderful wife uh laurie who who understands me and and Believe me, about you know, once a day she says, "Oh boy, you got to get back to work." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not into gardening, and I'm not into home improvement, and you know, I don't have a toolbox. Uh, you know, this is what I do. But uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a bizarre thing. Uh, you know, I wish I could come up with something trick, but uh, you know, the most bizarre thing will be let's get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Coach, for, for no, taking so much time. It. I think that you provided some some really good insight and interesting stories about your team and, and different little facts that, that people didn't know about you and your program. So no, thank I you so much for joining me. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. This is all about the high school athletes. And the more we can promote it, Football Friday, um, you know, it, 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 it's a great game. And, and I'm at the great level you know positive impact that people like yourself can have so i commend you and and i appreciate the opportunity to talk some ball today go monarchs baby <laughs> thank you so much coach you're welcome such a great person that is the head coach of the modern day monarchs the four-time national champion head coach Bruce Rollinson. And honestly, I don't know about anyone else. When I when I see that stash, I want to run. I mean, if this guy was on the field and I was trying to line up in front of him, I can guarantee you I wouldn't want to take that assignment. And uh man, I, I was I was so excited. He, he's such a nice guy. So much appreciation for for him taking some time. And listen, I'd love to see modern day and him get back out onto the sidelines. So such a pleasure to have him. And now this is exciting stuff. We've got breaking news for the first time ever on football Friday. Breaking yes. News. Yes, we do. We've got breaking news. Thank you to my producer, Jonathan Rifkin for helping me out with breaking news. This is exciting stuff. Second ever episode, and we legitimately have breaking news. So here it is. In two states, we're going to start with Florida. The Florida High School Activities Association announced that they're allowing uh, the start of full practices for high school football starting August 24th, and they're planning on beginning the first week of September in September 3rd. So IMG Academy, we, we might in fact get a chance to see them. J.J. McCarthy, Ja'Cory Brooks, that one-two combo. I, I said in the beginning of the season, or I guess the season hasn't taken place, but during the offseason that I was looking most forward to seeing those two guys play. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. That's going to be exciting. So they are what looks like to be coming back. And then here is the other kicker, Texas tested 65,290 players, only 278 tested positive, which is only 0.43% positive rate. And only four out of those 65,000 were hospitalized. None of them were life-threatening and they've all recovered fully. 
this is huge news. This is huge breaking news because what this indicates to other states is, hey, if you have the right system in place, perhaps you can get this done. And again, I was always more cynical. I, I was always a little bit more cautious and pessimistic, but Texas has got a huge population. They've got the most number of top 100 teams in the nation with 17. If they can do it, perhaps Southern California or another part of the country can do it as well. So that is the first ever breaking news on the second episode of Football Friday. Wow, this just got me jacked right now. I am pumped for that breaking news. Such positive news coming out of the high school sports world. And now the final segment of the night is, of course, my flagship segment. Every single week, I conclude my show with Malkin's moments. Again, these are, doesn't just have to be high school football moments, but my personal favorite sports moment of the week. And this week, we have a really interesting one and a monumental one for that matter as well. So LeBron James's voting rights group, More Than a Vote, partnered with the LA Dodgers and they have actually just announced that that Dodger Stadium will become a polling place for the November election in a couple months. So people will be able to go there and vote. And I think that this is huge. This is such a feel-good story. Again, an example of, of prominent athletes, LeBron and even David Price. So this is just a great initiation and initiative rather. And I think this is just a great moment to have where you're combining prominent figures and trying to better the community. So that's my Malkin's moment of the week. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Wow, this was a fun time. And make sure again that you're getting this podcast to your mobile device. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, signing up to Landry Football's conference call on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, every single platform you can get it. You can also watch the podcast again on Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. and 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Chris Landry Twitch channel by clicking on www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Again, I'm Jonah Malkin. Thank you so much for joining me and have a lovely rest of your evening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.